Welcome to another episode of Under the Blanket with your host, Baba Here Love. And stop. Stop right now. Be still. Be here. And listen, not with your ears, although that will happen. Listen with your heart. And today, the episode, at least we're going to start the episode with the topic of mistakes. Quote, unquote, mistakes. What does that mean? Where, what does that apply to spiritual awakening? So on and so forth. I have a guest with me who's been a regular on the show, Ryan. Ryan, tell us about mistakes. Mistakes. I'm trying to... It's having you on the show because you can't even come up with words to talk about. Exactly. I was trying to make a mistake so that I could introduce the word mistakes with a mistake, like saying mapake or something. That's too clever. Happen. But here is is being too clever. <laughs> um, but yeah, I don't know. Yeah, mistakes. It's a big word, you know, and I think it's a it's a valuable one to sit with quite a bit because there's so much in it, you know. Um, it, like mistakes are important, you know. We have like you have to make mistakes. You can't you can't not make mistakes. Uh, so it's you know how do you What's your perception around mistakes? Do you feel guilty when you make a mistake? Can you learn from your mistakes? Or do you keep repeating them over and over again? You know, so many, I mean, so many things. I think to me, you know, a, a mistake that you learn from is really just a lesson. You know, it's just a, it's a beautiful, it has a beautiful purpose when we learn from a mistake. But when we repeat a mistake, you know, that's kind of the definition of insanity, right? Doing the same thing, expecting different results. It's like... I heard that. It's a powerful, powerful thing to sit with, you know? It's like, what mistakes in my life are repeating? And why am I not taking responsibility for this? Um, interesting. Yeah, um, I like what Ram Dass said. I, I, whenever the topic of mistakes comes up, I think of this quote. I, I'm not going to get it right, but he said, the spiritual path is about making mistake after mistake. You make a mistake and you fall flat on your face. Then you brush yourself up, pick yourself up, step one step forward, and then make another mistake. And that's the progress of the spiritual path. Now that uh, was inspired by Sri Aurobindo, uh, a guru of India. And the issue is, like, unless we are totally 100% pure, no ego totally aware that we are divine and could know everything and be aware of all the right thing to do, so to speak, or the right thing not to do, then we're just going to make mistakes because it's not, there's going to be a little taint of ego in it. So it's about just improving, like you said, learning from these mistakes and doing our best next time and doing our best next time from that perspective. And then there's another level of reality where there are no mistakes where everything is perfect and ev- there is impossible to make a mistake. If you do the wrong thing, that's the right thing. If you do the right thing, that's wrong. If you do nothing, that's the right thing. It's all perfectly, fully determined, and we can't make mistakes because we can't make decisions. It all is just dominoes falling, a fully determined process of awakening. Yet, that is just one level of reality. There, that's probably the highest level, but there are infinite levels of reality. On another level of reality, like Ramda said, all we do is make mistakes. And then on another level of reality, we make mistakes sometimes and we do the right thing other times. You know, there's so many different ways to look at it. So, you know, what's your take on that? 
Yeah, I love those different perspectives. You know, it's I feel like we've so many times that we end up doing podcasts, we just highlight these paradoxes, right? Because there's so many in spirituality, and it's not a wrong thing. It's a beautiful thing, I think. Because uh, on one level, well, what I was going to start with was one of the big mistakes I would say is the is non-action out of the fear of making a mistake. We can be so scared of making a mistake that we don't even try. And that would be kind of a sad thing, you know, in some ways, uh, to not even try, to be so afraid of making a mistake that we don't even go out of our comfort zone or push our boundaries. You know, we don't, we can't grow if we're, if we're, if we're so afraid to make mistakes. We can't evolve. Um, so that's one aspect. But then, like what you just brought up, too, has been fundamental for my own spiritual experience is, you know, that interesting really high level perspective that nothing is out of place you know that everything is exactly as it's supposed to be so in other words there are no mistakes you know it's a i mean it's one thing to know that conceptually but when you feel it there's so much peace there's so much ease and calm it's like oh i can relax okay it's a really nice feeling to have when you can genuinely feel like there aren't really any mistakes, you know? It's all just divinely flowing, and we're somewhere in the midst of it. <laughs> well, you could be in the midst of it. I am it. <laughs> yeah, because, you know, it's like, you know, like on another level, like this is an interesting level of mistakes. There's no mistake to be made because there's nothing happening. It's just nothingness. I like that level. In fact, I get attached to that level sometimes. It's a level where there's no doing. There's no. There's nothing happening. It's just God, 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 and just being, and it's just void of like bliss and peace. Oftentimes, people on deep meditations or psychedelic journeys go to this level where all form goes away, and it's just like um, one guy. This uh, I saw a movie it's called The Sunshine Makers, where he uh, was making psychedelics, not allowed to but he did it anyway to help the world and when he was on a trip he ha- he went into this void of black nothingness and it was so peaceful and a voice said you were to make psychedelics to help the world you know and it's like now you could get to that state through meditation you could get to that state through uh, all kinds of techniques but the interesting thing is on that level how can mistakes be made because there's nothing even happening yeah, it is. A, that is a really interesting topic, you know, and, and then at the same time, though, I've learned and grown a lot personally by also looking at where I feel I may have made an, a bit of an error. It's not like a mistake in a way that I should feel guilty or anything, but just like, uh, oh, here's some I could do this differently. I can change that. It like welcomes change, you know, so it's not like a mistake in like the Christian sense of like sinning and you know, oh, you're doomed for hell, this really deeply guilt-based type of idea of mistake, but just like mistake in the simple sense of for the sake of learning, for the sake of growing. It, you know, if whenever we catch our own ego, in, in a sense, you could say that a mistake is occurring and you're bringing correction to something that's incorrect, but at the same time, it's like not personal. That would just be more ego. But, you know, there is something to be said about, like, calling out our ego or noticing it, bringing awareness to it, 
just like when we bring awareness to suffering, if we're suffering, you got to look at it, right? So like, not that the suffering is a mistake, but the suffering is sort of a hint at where there's misperception or where there, you know, you've forgotten who you really are. And there's something to be important to be said about that, you know, and without like, I think it's really important that we take away this feeling of, of things being personal, you know, and just like seeing it for what it is. So if, if I do something that I feel isn't really in line with my spiritual practice, I've got to admit that if I deny my responsibility, then I can't grow. I can't evolve. I can't change. And I'm kind of giving away my power. Um, and in that sense, kind of owning up to our mistakes is a beautiful and powerful practice. But then again, on this other level, you know, not better or worse, but just like there is this other perspective where you really feel like it's all, it really is all good and it's okay. And regardless of what happens, regardless of where you're at or where anybody else is at, we're all heading towards home. You know, as Ram Dass says, we're just walking each other home. And there's no yeah. rush. You know, there's no rush to figure it all out and to be completely enlightened mastery Baba, you know, or Nimkaroli Baba level. You just got to work with where you're at and keep on trucking. <laughs> yeah, keep on trucking. You know, and I like what you said about mistakes. For me, I use that level. I use a level where it's a mistake, quote unquote, to go on an ego trip. And then I'll notice that I am on an ego trip. Then I would, and I could call that a mistake. It's a mistake to be identifying with my separate self, with my ego. And then the minute, the moment, actually not the minute, the moment I catch myself on an ego trip, catch myself on that mistake, the part of me that is aware I made a mistake and went on an ego trip is free, is that leverage yeah. I need to go into the supreme being that we all are. You know, so that is, you know, yes, there's a level where there are no mistakes. Yes, there's a level where nothing's happening, but I use that level where it's a mistake to go on an ego trip a lot as one of my most important practices. Yeah, likewise, absolutely, and for and it's it's a beautiful thing, right? Like once you get that, you kind of all it takes is the admitting that you slipped for a second. I like calling them slips. I don't, you know, the word mistakes to me has a lot of personalness in it, but like just simply calling it a slip. And going, oh, I slipped, and then dropping the story and emerging back, like you said, to the supreme or you know to the whatever you know you have your names for the divine and for that energy. But you know, returning to that bliss and the peace and getting out of the suffering, um, that's the whole gift of being humble, right? Like in order to do that, you have to be humble. You have to be willing to go, oops, I slipped. <laughs> You know. I think, though, it is a trap with that when you start getting uh, hooked on the self-improvement, you know, mission where you're constantly looking for mistakes and looking to learn from them and you miss what's happening now. You're always trying to improve yourself into this future and you're holding on to this future and you're holding on to this, you know, like I got to be I'm not good the way I am now. You end up dangling this carrot in front of you that you're constantly chasing that you never get to. And you're making mistakes and improving and losing weight and eating right and meditating. And I'm not making mistakes. I'm making less mistakes. I'm going to get this carrot one day. 
You're never going to get it, baby. It's right here and now. Yeah, that's a good point. You know, and it's like one of the many obstacles we can run into along this path of life and and awakening or whatever, you know, you call it, you want to call it the path um, or your journey. Yeah, there are so many different obstacles, different traps, different, and not traps in a negative way, like there's some trickster out there trying to, you know, trap us. It's just like... Oh, yes, there is. You think there is? No. But well, the ego can, you know, when the ego is in control of your life, it, it can constantly play tricks on you and pull you. So in a way, yeah, like they have that concept in Buddhism of Mara, the ruler of the ego, and they have Maya in India. So on that level, if your mind isn't your servant, sure, it can play tricks on you. And a lot of the biggest trick people get played on them is the spiritual ego. It's mm. the new age or yoga teacher finding out the conspiracies. Oh, I know about Bill Gates. Oh, I'm a light worker. You know, like these people are very, very ego ridden. Like I encountered one that was just like Bill Gates and, you know, vaccines and your eugenics and the conspiracies and my yoga light will save us all, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. But, you know, the thing what I see in that is like it's it's all this, you know, that trip is the same trip in just different disguises, you know, and I just kind of let them be. And whatever they think is the right answer in the, at the moment, and you know that'll they'll they'll come down eventually because like the the you know the side effect of ego is suffering, right? So like you know the people that are really lost in that game and think they're the right ones, they think they're the they're so convinced themselves that they're the answer. Bill Gates has got to you. Yeah, you know they're just so convinced on their own side of the story, yet they don't realize how much they're suffering, you know? And it's like, that's the important thing for us all to look at is how much are we suffering? And regardless of whether even, let's say the Bill Gates thing or the COVID thing or all these conspiracies, regardless of what's happening and what isn't happening, what I think spiritually is more important to look at is are we suffering and where are we suffering? You know, that's what, that's the whole point of this whole trip is to look at where are we suffering? And people that really get pulled into the arguments and into the, you know, us versus them type of stuff or the victim mentalities and things, you know, generally are coming from a lot of fear and a lot of suffering. So, you know, they just kind of have to let them be where they're at and hopefully they wake up out of that. Yeah, I'm going to let them be by blocking them when they comment on my stuff. (laughs) (laughs) You got to put up your boundaries. Nothing wrong with putting up your boundaries. I think, like my guru said, do what you do with people that never kick you out, get come out of your heart. And yeah, occasionally I have to block someone that attacks me for whatever reason. But you know, I like you said, you just let them be. That's just where their heads at. But that doesn't mean I gotta let them sleep on my couch. You know? Absolutely. And uh, life, life will teach us that the hard way if we don't want to learn that, right? Like, if you, I literally actually back in when I first had my apartment, I had a bunch of people living on my couches because I couldn't kick them out. You know, ironically. Um, but like life, you know, life is like, I see life as the master teacher, you know, and wherever you have room for, for developing is where it's going to be poked at. So if, you know, and, and there isn't just one answer, it's such a complex range of answers. And, you know, for you, the lesson is you need to putting up your boundary, just take care of yourself. And that's, that's the success. That was the accomplishment for somebody else. It's the opposite. 
for them, they need to practice pre, pre, uh, forgiveness and patience. But both are 100% on point when we honor what we're supposed to be doing and what we're feeling. You know, it's not like any answer is better than another. You know, that's a good point. Like, for one person, doing a certain thing could be a mistake, quote-unquote. For another person, it could be just what they need to do. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, it's so complicated in that sense. It's so subjective. Which is why, you know, I like what Ram Dass says. You you try to do a method to quiet your mind so you get your mind a little quiet so you can get in touch with your heart mind, your intuitive uh, heart space. And then from that space, you do your best to make a decision. Even though, yes, ultimately there is no free will. Yes, ultimately we don't make decisions. You still do your best to make that right decision to pick up the orange juice rather than the crack pipe, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And, and you get rewarded for that. You know, that karma, I, you know, I think karma is, it's, it's a beautiful thing, really. I mean, it's whether you see karma as a punisher or a teacher depends on how much you listen to it, you know? No, I think Bill Gates has gotten to you. You're part of them. <laughs> you're against the light workers and you're and you're probably working for the NSA and you know me and my yoga teacher buddies we're going to send light to you we're going to we're going to get you to the right side yes, of please. the lord I I'm a big ball of mistakes Your life is a mistake <laughs> You know ironically technically speaking that's kind of true I was a love child <laughs> oh well, okay. <laughs> okay. okay. I didn't mean to go there. Ryan, are you gonna cry all night about this? And I'm sorry, man. I was just being oh, humorous. I'm glad. My humor can be pretty rough sometimes. I apologize. Really. If it wasn't for mistakes, I wouldn't exist. I'm grateful. Yeah, there you go. Well, you'd exist in another form, probably a better form. Maybe. Who knows? <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, I've been bad today. I've been making too many jokes. I've been cracking myself up too much. It's been bad. I made a mistake. I can make a mistake with humor. In fact, that is often the mistake I make. I will make a mistake where I'll make a joke that's funny to me, and I'll be cracking up. But to the other person, it's not funny. You know, I try my best. My intention is to make them laugh, to get them to feel better. But I end up laughing, and they end up looking at me like I'm crazy. (laughs) Well, you know, that's a whole other topic. It's like... You know, as long as your intention's good, you, it's like you don't want to live on walking on eggshells, always worrying about how somebody's going to misinterpret you. If they misinterpret you, you know, that's for them to learn from to some degree. At the same time, we can be compassionate and try to be really, you know, mindful of our words so we don't trigger people. But then, you know, there's this other side where, like, sometimes triggering someone's valuable for them if they can use it beneficially instead of being a victim. You know? Exactly. That's what Jim Morrison used to admire. He used to admire people that made people feel uncomfortable, that would challenge their comfort, challenge their ego structures, um, not in the way that would make them suffer, but in the way that would get them more awake, more aware. Yeah. He, like he used to scream, wake up. He was very obsessed with people like that. And he tried to be someone like that himself. Now, can that go overboard? Obviously, it's all about <laughs> balance, you know. I think he probably went uh, overboard by 68, you know. (laughs) But, yeah, I think it all has its purpose. And that's, again, where it's like, is it, you know, it is a mistake, and yet is it a mistake? You know, that's, 
it's like you can almost really move things around and interpret it. If you play with your perception towards the perception, you can, you know, you can interpret anything as, as actually being beyond a mistake. Like it has a purpose. It has a reason, you know? And yet that could be used, uh, spiritual bypassing. You could say, look, I never make mistakes. I'm perfect. Now I'm going to hit the crack pipe and go steal some stuff, you know? Yeah. Well, and then the karma of that, you know, it follows. So that's where we had to listen to our karma. Uh, we have to listen to our suffering. If we listen to it, we'll learn. Slowly but surely, we'll learn. You know, if, for example, the crack pipe is not is not the right pipe, you know. Uh, but, you know, a lot of times, too, like with that kind of situation, those who are really strong in not wanting to admit where they make mistakes is like a really strong ego. It's a really deep level of denial. And it... It, inevitably it collapses right and then we hit a rock bottom and that's usually when spiritual awakenings happen is once once our egos have sort of imploded upon itself where we can no longer ignore our responsibilities for everything and that's when we wake up yeah so, you know well, it is it's all part of it well i was thinking of bhagavan das now bhagavan das was the man that led Ramdas, well, he was Richard Albert at the time, to Miraji. And, you know, he wrote an amazing book called It's Here Now. And he makes me think of, you know, he was an amazing high being in India. But when he got back to America, the trappings of the West really got to him. And he wrote a book about it. At some point, he was very heavily spiritually bypassing. He would, uh, you know, manipulate people, uh, especially young women. You know, they were of age and it was consensual, but he would manipulate their parents and them and all the sort of thing and him being and be here now and being a yogi to get sexuality, to get uh, gratification, you know, and he would say, oh, I'm just the child of Kali, you know, I'm shaking things up to uh, reveal your attachments and to help you let go and um, like to get you to wake up when in reality he was making mistakes. He was. You know, he was using spiritual bypassing. Yes, of course he's the child of Kali. Yes, of course it's all perfect. But honor the human level. Honor the human level where he's ego, where he's bypassing and all this stuff. Now, Bhagavan Das did overcome this, you know, and he's doing okay now. And he's in a positive relationship. And he did go through uh, a car accident situation. And he's yeah, he got right very humbled, you know. That's awesome to hear that he's really made that shift, though. I mean, it's beautiful. You know, I think, too, in there, it's like it's a good sign of forgiveness. The universe and our own personal lives. Forgiveness, the only thing that's required for forgiveness is if you can create that change, you know? If, as long as you stop doing the thing that needs forgiving, then you're forgiven. Even if you don't, you're forgiven. But, the, the you know, the other side of that freedom is, like, if you're if you feel guilty about something, then just stop doing it. Learn from that, or learn look at the guilt and maybe there's something deeper there. But you know what I mean? Like he's forgiven. He's not gonna. I mean, he might have to play out his karma here and there with all that suffering he created in, when he was being in his spiritual bypassing. Yet at the same time, it's like he's not gonna be doomed to hell forever. Like some you know some of these belief structures really like deeply ingrained in people's psyche um in a sense he's forgiven especially since he's changed and, and really learned he, 
He admitted he made a mistake. He learned. Therefore, yes. no and, longer. Uh, and this happened within the last two years, I believe. He he started to confront the women that you know he didn't rape them or assault them, but he manipulated. He used his power, and he, he admitted he did all that. He admitted he was spiritually bypassing. He listened to the women complain and the men and everybody, and he made. He's trying to make amends. He's dealing with the karma because of that, and it's all because he did meet a very wise woman that helped him realize all this that like a guru to him another guru that finally got through his thick skull and then after all this happened he got run over by a car and it really like humbled him immensely and now he's like a little kitten you know beautiful it's i know you don't want to it's hard to say that was beautiful but that's how he sees it he's, oh, he's I, I emailed him and i talked with his uh woman and we're talking and he's like you know, this he looks at the car and his uh, realization of his mistakes and all that is grace, and he finds it becoming more loving, and all that stuff he learned in India is really coming uh, full circle. That's awesome, and I think that's really what this is all about. You know, is we're gonna make mistakes, even on his level, some kind of big ones, uh, and people make even bigger mistakes than that. But you just gotta. You just gotta look at it. You can't. You can't deny. It. You can't run away. Just look at it. Sit with whatever the emotions that come in, and deal with it. I think that's like in in AA program. You know, there's the amendments, or I forget what the the step, which step it is, but it's when they they really go over everything where they feel like they may have hurt someone or done something out of their own ego, and a lot of times they reach out to apologize and make amends. Amends. I think that's the one. Um, and I think that's just in general such a beautiful spiritual practice to just to just learn. Don't make a giant story out of it or feel like you should punish yourself. You know, just learn from it. I think uh, it's important. That is a very good practice. I agree with that 12-step work. But I do think uh, what that needs to be is focusing on the good qualities a person has and also focusing on doing it without the judgmental mind. Yeah. You know. Like seeing you made mistakes, seeing where you hurt people, but learning how to meditate so you could do it without the judgmental mind. Because someone can do that and they end up going back to the substance they had struggled with or they end up becoming very depressed or suicidal because of it. Yeah, that's a good point. Because even when they ask for forgiveness, they can't forgive themselves, right? Yeah. Uh, that's, a, that's a good thing to be with. And if anybody uh, listening has a hard time forgiving yourself, you know, it's okay. Um, it's not, it's normal, but just start studying the topic of forgiveness more. Start making that a priority. Learn more about self-forgiveness from, you know, Ram Das and Baba here, and you know I'm happy to help them where I can. And there's lots of good stuff out there. You just if that's where you're getting falling into a, a bit of a mind trap, then put that on your priority list. You know, make that that something for you to focus on, and and you'll figure it out. You'll find the answers. That's right. You know, it's all going to work out. You know, I tell people that, and I mean it. It will all work out. It will all be okay. You know, we all will go home. And like Raman Maharshi said, in the end, it will all be okay, you know. And uh, it's hard to fathom that, that every sentient being will stop suffering, that we all will reach a collective nirvana. But we will, because that's right here, and I can taste it now like a lover. And anyway... Thank you, Ryan, for joining me on this wonderful episode of Under the Blanket. 
making mistakes. And anyway, uh, how about you send us off with some final words of wisdom? Speaking words of wisdom, let it be. The Beatles suck. Let it be. Let it be. Yeah, let it be. Whisper words of wisdom. Stop singing that hippie stuff. We need some Slayer. Bye, everybody. Peace and love. (laughs)